What's going on? Welcome to another Can We Keep It Real? How you doing? I'm your host, Mikey. Today, Coach Ryan McCormick joined us on the podcast, and we broke it down into two great segments. The first segment, Coach talked about the 2018 MASCAC All-American Academic Team. A few Westerly Stonington Charaho players were mentioned in that, so check that out. And in the second segment, the one you're probably going to hear right now, Coach Ryan McCormick talks about how it was with Liam Cohen, an L.A. Rams coach right now who's preparing to go against Tom Brady. So get into the podcast. Check that out. Ryan has great stories playing for Tim Cohen, one of Rhode Island's football legends in the Gridiron Hall of Fame, Rhode Island Hall of Fame. But check it out. Don't miss it. It's Can We Keep It Real? Welcome back. Uh, we still got Coach Ryan McCormick on the phone, and Ryan actually had the pleasure of knowing, working with Liam Conan, if I said it right, from the L.A. Rams. He's the wide receiver coach. How you doing, Coach? Welcome back, and um, tell us a little bit about Liam. All right, so I played for his father, so Timmy Cohen, who's, who's in the around Coach's Hall of Fame. Um, he's in the Province Gridiron Club Hall of Fame. He's in college football hall of fame he's he had he's kind of was a very impressive influence obviously on his son coach cohen was the head coach of sal regina for the first eight years of the program um and never had a losing season and I coached high school before and a little bit of high school after and never had a losing season um i met liam when he was at the time 11 going on 12 years old he was just a kid and at the time liam um you know been around the program Actually, no, I, I take that back. I, I met him when he was about eight years old. So, and then by the time I was done playing, he was 12 years old. So, 13 years old. So, he was always around because Liam's an only child, and Coach Cohen, you know, put a lot of time in, like most coaches, um, in recruiting, game planning, designing. So, Liam was always around. So, he, he basically, for, you know, eight years of his life, from the time he was about four or five years old, time he was about 12. 13 years old was was in and out almost daily of a college football program that was highly successful so he got to see football at a really high level and he would keep in mind he was the only child like day in and day out so the focus was always on Liam so he got to really understand football at a very high level you know I mean he, he probably knew more going into high school out of middle school than most high school coaches I mean yeah. he saw more football you know, and his, and his dad was a very smart coach, one of the smartest coaches I ever met. Um, <clears throat> so, even though he was, you know, he would do things at practice like to kind of help out, either set up drills or like be around the quarterbacks or the offense constantly. You know, so like he, he really he was in meetings. I, I played on defense in college, but I was also the long snapper on specials. And you know, he, you know, I'd walk by the offensive meeting room in Salva, and he was always in there, and he was, you know, he'd take notes which is crazy because, like, it's a kid, you know? You forget, like, he was a real smart kid. And um, I say kicks him older. But he, um, I got to see the total evolution of Liam Cohen. So when his dad left Salve, which is really kind of weird thing because he had won, he had gone to, at the time, he had won five straight conference titles in eight years and gone to three bowl games in four years. And I, I was lucky enough to be part of all that. And the four years I played there, we only lost five regular season games in four years. So, um, and they were all close. 
and he, uh, you know, so Liam got to really be around that. And then when the opportunity opened up at LaSalle Academy, they were looking for a new head coach, and he wanted his son to go to a Catholic school because he had taught and coached at Salve for such a long time. He really wanted that type of an education for Liam from a character standpoint. It kind of was like the, the ultimate of best of both worlds. He could go there and be the same high school where his son was going to. So at the time, it was as me as a player, I'm like, why would you leave such a successful college? You're one of the best college football teams in the country, literally, in Division Three. And for two of my four years, we were the number one defense in the country, statistically. So, um, so he, you know, he went on to LaSalle, and Liam, when he was a freshman, played freshman football like anyone else because he wanted him to have that experience. And his sophomore year, he had beat out a senior because he was he had evolved so much. And he didn't. And Coach Cohen didn't start him because he was his son. That was not. People had said that out externally. They didn't know the situation. Didn't know. But Liam had progressed so rapidly as a as a football player, as a quarterback. I mean, by the end of his sophomore year, there was NCAA NCAA teams, the Division One level, swooping in to see this kid every week. And by the time he was a senior, he had won them three state titles in a row in Division One, and uh, went on to UMass Amherst. He was recruited by Donnie Brown, who was the head coach there at the time. And Donnie's now the D.C. of Michigan. And he started three games in his freshman year at UMass Amherst, which is really hard to do. You know, at the time they were FCS before they became FBS. And he brought them to a national title game. And he lost in a close, really battle royale game. But his junior year, and people don't know that, don't remember this probably, he took Boston College to the wire. And they should have beaten them. He got hurt in the game. He had a bad high ankle sprain. We couldn't even walk the rest of the game. They had to pull him. But he was, before he got hurt, he was going in to take the lead. That was a Boston College team at the time. It was very good. Yeah, because he was a four-year starter for the Minutemen, right? He was a four-year starter, um, three-year all-conference player, brought them to a national title game his, his junior year, um, lost in a battle with, with Montana at the time in a really close game. Um, and then took BC to the wire. Literally, I think they lost by like six or seven. The only reason they lost because he had to come out of the game. He literally couldn't walk. And right before he got hurt, that final drive, and he was like a Tom Brady-esque, just slinging it, marching right down the field. I remember that. It was impressive. And he coached um, for Brown, I think. You are right. And I think the... So here's, um, so here's, here's his kind of lineage. He thought he was going to get drafted. And at the time, he came out the same year as Flacco. And there was this, all this hype of Flacco being out of that conference, the CAA the time so and he actually had just as good numbers you go look it up just Flacco was six foot six and had a real powerful arm well it said he actually had um, the fourth best scoring offense in the CAA yep so he he his first coaching job he graduated away from UMass he got a coaching job at Brown as the quarterbacks coach they left and did one year at URI um, and then left to go do two years back at Brown then he went to UMass Amherst, um, and then he left UMass Amherst to go coach at UMaine, and was very successful at UMaine as a passing game coordinator. And then what happened was he, he had got hired initially in December of, of 2017, late December, when Bobby Chesney became head coach of Holy Cross. He was at, only at Holy Cross a couple months, I don't even think it was a full two months, when the LA Rams out of nowhere contacted him. What happened was it was a guy he had worked with at UMass Amherst that really loved him as a coach and said, hey, said, said to McVeigh, you know, they've got a lot of young up-and-coming coaches on their staff. 
they're really driven, really smart. And say, hey, this is kid. He said, you know, I say kid because I'm 42. And Liam's in his early 30s. You really got to look at this. Just a just a really kind of progressive guy. And, you know, a very successful career playing and coaching. And so they brought him in for an interview. And they, and they hired him. Now he gets to prepare against his idol, Tom Brady. Because I read an article that said he was a big Patriot fan. He sat in Foxborough Stadium. So now he gets to try to prepare. And that's what he does, right? He prepares for the defense, right? His job there is preparing ways to attack Tom Brady. No, no, no. He, so he's an assistant wide receivers coach. So basically they brought him in, from my understanding, from talking to Coach Cohen, his dad, and talking to Liam a little bit, is that he is, is the, what they call the assistant wide receivers coach, but he kind of helps bridge the gap as a quarter, ex-quarterback and former quarterback coach between the wideouts and the quarterbacks for more of a neurological standpoint as far as like being cerebral he's really smart so you know so that's like his niche on the staff is that he, he's in all the quarterback meetings he had the wide receiver meetings and then the, the passing game meetings both personnel wise and coaching wise so he's really kind of a behind the scenes guy with play action stuff um passing concepts so he's a really integral part of that staff on offense so um and, and don't be surprised, five years from now, he's, a, he's an OC in the NFL. He's really, McVay loves him, from my understanding. He was offered the BC offensive coordinator job this past uh, late fall after the season ended at BC, and he turned it down to stay with the Rams. He was offered a $400,000-year salary to turn down. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, in the NFL, I mean, I'm sure he's making good money, probably not $400,000, but some people are content with where they're at, and he might be trying to build something you know, maybe going forward, like like you said, a coordinator job in the NFL. And when winning teams start to win, their coordinators start to look great. Look at New England Patriots, Matt Patricia. Never thought he would make a great head coach. Yeah, I mean, it's all about situational. you got to be in a good situation. Um, I think he's in a very good situation, obviously. I think he's learning a lot from the guys he's with, which is invaluable. If you can get around people that are really willing to show you their knowledge and show you where, where they learn from and that's really valuable I think it's for him I think it's a smart move you know I, I you know I'm sure the BC job was a, was a very intriguing thing financially and otherwise and his grandfather coach Cohen's father Tim Cohen's father was a, was a was a captain at BC many moons ago and I'm sure that was intriguing to him but you know if he has success in the NFL going forward like he has this year, those type of jobs will always be there. The more you progress upward, as long as you're around good people, your career continues to go forward. And I think and he's a real smart guy. He's not going to say anything dumb in front of the media. Uh, you know, he's like, again, that goes a long way. He's a really humble kid. I say, again, I say kid, you know, obviously he's a right, man. Right, because you're older. But, you know, he, he's, a, he's a humble guy, and he, he's willing to work, and that and that's why he's been successful. We learned from his dad. His dad was one of the best coaches I've ever you know, his dad hired me my first ever job uh, right before he left Salve. Hired me as a GA. And then his DC, Arthur Bell, became the head coach and retained me. And I learned a lot from Coach Cohen. So my my time playing and my half year coaching before he left. So you've been in football ever since you were playing football, pretty much, right? Yeah, I've been in football since I was a kid. I mean, that's totally so, amazing. That that's like a dream for some people. I mean, just to even to to clean up the stadium af, after a game or get to watch the game. I mean, that 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 is awesome. But um, what do you think Liam's doing now to get ready for the Patriots, knowing that you know him? Um, 
No, and everything's probably breaking down. I mean, they, they have to do the required media stuff every day. It's part of their day. That's why the, the, the week leading up to the game is kind of a lot of fanfare and hoopla. So that's, that's something they have to... You know, they always have to meet with the, the media, you know, during the season as part of what they do weekly. But the week of the Super Bowl, they're doing it daily for hours on end, and that's just part of the, the deal. So when they're not doing that stuff, which just takes up a big portion of your day, unfortunately it's required by the league... They're breaking down film. I mean, they're, they're, they're probably having practice sessions, going over stuff situationally. I mean, because um, mostly yeah, they got their game plan already set, right? Like, Belichick got uh, that Ernie Adams, which is great. I think they're tweaking it, and I think they're adding stuff to it they feel that could give them an edge. Right, but 90% you know? of it's probably already, like, because, you know, they got so many researchers, I'm sure, over the NFL, and um, I, I know Ernie Adams that Belichick has is phenomenal, man. That guy is just, like... He's right up there with Bill Belichick. You just don't see him, you know. Yeah, he's got more behind the scenes. I mean, they all have guys like that that work behind the scenes. But I think what Liam's doing right now is, is probably spend a couple hours every day minimally watching film, a couple hours in practice, a couple hours watching film with their players, showing the concepts they're trying to establish. And then I think they're also meeting as the staff saying, well, if this happens during the game, kind of like playing devil's advocate, if this happens, what is our answer going to be? Yeah, you, you always in the NFL. It's everything situational football, so they got to be very ready for if something crazy like blah happens. How fast are we going to react to to make it not a, a worse situation? Or if we have a good situation where we have a turnover, how fast can we get points of turnover to to, to get an edge? And so the NFL is a very you spend hours and hours and hours watching film and preparing. It's it's a twenty hour a day job, and those guys aren't getting a lot of sleep this week. Right. You know. Bro. Before but we jump, but the but the but the reward is worth it. So, you know, you think of the number of guys that ever coached in a Super Bowl. There's been fifty something Super Bowls, Mike. Each team has about for just coaches, not the support staff and the trainers, about a dozen or so coaches on staff. And, and some guys have coached in multiple Super Bowls, multiple places. You're talking the top, you know, thousands, you know, twelve, fifteen hundred guys ever in the history of the NFL, and half of them aren't even alive anymore. It's really yeah. talking the top 1,800 guys ever that are still walking the earth. So that's a really high-level person. No, you're you know, absolutely that, right. It's incredible. So, and, I, you know, I, I think he realizes the opportunity. The Rams are a good team. Do they have the firepower to beat the Pats? Um, possibly, yeah. I mean, so it, it's going to be a good game. You know, this, I do not think it's going to be a blowout either way. If I was to look at these two teams, I think they're really smart coaches. A little bit different philosophies, but similar in theory that they will all work really hard. And I, I think they're going to come out, both teams are going to come out guns blazing. Um, I think it's going to be, this is going to be a fun game to watch. It's, it, for me, it's tough because, you know, Liam's dad was such a big, integral part of my coaching career. Um, so, um, you know, I'm, it's going to be, I'm going to be torn. You want that for him. Yeah, of course. I mean, you, you want him to be successful because it just proves who taught me, who started my career, what he was teaching his son as a, as a young coach was the right information. It just kind of proves where you built your base from. Exactly. Which, now. which if you look at the lineage of Coach Cohen's former assistants where they're all coaching in high school and college, they're all very successful everywhere. Now, I'm sure um, Liam's in his hotel room, right, waiting for me to drop my next podcast. Nah. But <laughs> what words of know. encouragement? Yeah, exactly. What words would you tell him right now if you had to give him a message? Um, I don't know how much encouragement he'd really need. He's pretty locked in. 
But well, you're someone that comes from his past. One, um, number two, you know, it, mentally to make it so it's not overwhelming, it's it's just another game. And number three, l- remember where he, his his uh, teachings from his dad and his former coaches. He's been around through his career. You know, he's had a lot of good coaches around him that have taught him to build him up to what he is. And just take those teachings and and uh, use it as fuel and information to to be successful. And he's he's done that. So I mean, it's no surprise that he's where he's at. It is to other people, but not me. You know, I, I, I could I could see I could see how he's going to continue to be successful forward. Well, I mean, don't be surprised. You know, Bill Belichick is a you know spot his staff tries to poach him. You know, he, he always brings in young, smart guys that he can continue to evolve and build up. And uh, he's that type of mold of guy. He's real smart. You meet him, you, you like him. Like, he's a really down-to-earth kid, but he's really smart. That's awesome. I like the fact that we have another Rhode Islander stepping up big, you know, because there's a lot of people that go unsung or they don't get the recognition. But, I mean, he's in a spotlight where you can't hide in a corner and not get noticed. But congratulations oh, yeah. to Liam, man. That's awesome to have a Rhode Island history in the Super Bowl and you know which it ain't the first time but it's awesome that he's there and you can attest to his father's coaching skills because his father taught you a lot of what you know and you bring to the field today oh yeah I mean I I mean I don't talk to his father daily or weekly but I I I always try to check in with Coach Cohen periodically um he's a good guy I messaged him after that game when they won and he was you know ultra excited he was at the game um, and that's where I got that picture was from his dad. There's a picture with Liam and their one of the assistant coaches with the NFC, uh, Conference, NFC Conference Championship Trophy. And that's a really, um, really awesome picture. You know, great picture. And his, I'm sure his dad is ultra proud. Um, and, 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 and just probably so. You know, his, his son worked really hard to do what he's done, his playing and coaching career. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the Patriots just look so fired up after that Miami game. I said, they look like a totally different team. Like, they're just on point. They've got something to prove, too. So I think it's it's a good matchup. I'm excited. I think if anyone doesn't realize this is going to be a good game, they're kind of fooling themselves. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. Who plays the underdog card better than the Patriots? Well, it's a way they're using as fuel, I think. Um, Smart way to go. You know, they know they, they know the Rams got firepower, and they know they got good kids in D, good guys in O, good coaches. You know, there's a reason those four teams were there at the end in the, in the AFC and NFC championship games. Those were the four best teams. Yeah, you know, they the definitely Rams, were. The Chiefs, the Pats, and don't be surprised going forward, those four teams are around at the end again well, for, for a little while. I mean, those four good football teams. Terrell Owens will say that if the Rams win, you need to put an asterisk next to it because of the blown call. You know, do you yeah, think there's, every game like this? I mean, the problem is the media focuses on that, but there's other calls that could lead to other drives and more scores. There, more no, the, the Saints had plenty of chances to win that game. You know, what I mean, before it, that, it never comes. To, it, it, the media will focus on that because so easy to focus on. And uh, and, I, and actually, I, I liked all four teams at the end. They were both, all four real good football teams. And I said, if these teams all have firepower. All have good coaches. All have good players. Um, they have the least amount of off-the-field drama, really, when you look at it, compared to other teams in the league. Yeah, you know, I they, mean, they all four deserve to be there. So, 
for different variables. Um, but just the way that whole play went down, and then you had all the the Twitter investigators that were investigating the case. Oh yeah, I mean and, people. A, if you throw a stone, you can find a. Yeah, uh, definitely. God, he, they, but you seen a referee? You seen the referee running up, yelling at the other referee, saying, "Don't you throw that flag!" And then it comes to find out that some of them referees were from LA. One of the referees was actually um, a former Ram. I mean, but I know it's so fast, but it happens. Should the NFL have someone up in the booth that could say, "Hey, that was a flag. Throw it." Well, it has to do with, with every year. The, the rules change a little bit as far as everything in the league and the and the, and the owners and the and the the, clo- the coaches vote on this stuff. So they go into big meetings. They all vote on it. Same thing happens at NCAA level. Our ads vote on stuff with our head coaches. So I mean. Depends if the rules allow for that to be reviewable or not. And they can change that and fix it. But it's never going to be perfect. It's hard. Like, nothing, because there's human error, it's never going to be perfect. You know, people say, well, it was was because they were L.A. guys. That's a big level stage. No, you're absolutely right. And I'm just saying that, you know, that's just what people are saying. But, um, I don't know. There's been so many calls over the years that could have gone either way for... But for a big call, this was like, I think this was one of the worst blown calls because it affected a Super Bowl game. It affected oh, yeah. who goes at a crucial point. Yeah. Now, yeah, I, I get it, you know, but. I mean, I the Rams deserve to be there. Me that way and calls over my career that have helped me in that way. So. Yeah, I mean, they can't review pass interference. No way. It'll just be too many games, too long. Now, the overtime thing with the New England thing, right? Kansas City don't get to touch the ball. College does it a different way. Should both offenses be allowed at least one possession? Well, I mean, it's it, 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 I, I I like how the NFL does it because there's been teams that have gotten the ball first, marched down, and and and, and, and missed the kick, or marched down and stalled, the, uh, you know, trying to go for go for the win by a touchdown. I mean. It's football. That's part of the game. I mean, I mean, a lot you know, of it has to do with prime time and other, you know, TV companies paying big money, and they don't want the game to constantly run so long. And then another part has to do with player safety. They're out there four quarters already. Yeah, I mean, it's it's in every. They should do this. Or they should do that. It's 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 tough. I don't. I don't. I like the way we do it in college, but I also like the NFL. And I think there should be a little bit of a difference because it, it makes it different a little bit. You make exactly the same the rules, and well, it becomes vanilla, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Everybody's got different opinions. So you're you know? gonna be watching the game, saying, "Yeah, Patriots. Yeah, Rams. Yeah, yeah Patriots." It's gonna be, again, it's gonna be <laughs> tough because, like, you know, I mean, I I just hope it's a great game, and whoever wins the end, you know, it's. I hope it doesn't have to come down to like a call or anything. I hope it's just something on that controversy. I just want it to be a great game, and whoever does the bet most work wins, and. I hope it helps both teams down the road. I mean, I'm a diehard Patriot guy, and Seattle Seahawks, I thought that. I said, you know what? I'm happy now. And then they get to Atlanta, and they go through them. And I was like, this is all bonus. Yeah, I mean, this is all like, you already made your stuff for the day. This is all extra. I mean, and so if they win, awesome. If they lose, congratulations to the Rams. I'm not really going to be bitter about it, you know, but I want to see Brady now do it as many as he can because it's history. Yeah, it's impressive. It's exciting to watch. It's definitely intriguing. It's going to be very hard to replicate ever again. No, you would never. never, never, Mike, you never know, man. 
I mean, but yeah, Mikey, so... I gotta, I gotta run, um... No, that was great. You. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Ryan, and uh, we'll be in touch, and um, I'll send you a text a little bit later. Thank you very much for coming on again. I appreciate it, Mike. Go Patriot Rams. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye-bye. What's going on? Before we get back into this, man, I want a big, big shout-out to our newest sponsor, A-Plus Auto Services. For all your automotive needs, 899 Pontiac Avenue, Cranston, Rhode Island. Give Mikey a call at 401-280-1264. All your automotive needs, whether you want to upgrade your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV. You want to put some audio in it. Some 12-inch single sub imported boxes with RF Prime R500s. Starting at $4.99. What's better than that? Amp wiring kits, $89.99. Go to aplusri.com, custom light kits, premium auto, engine diagnostic, radiator flush. Mikey got you covered. Cleanest shop in Rhode Island, aplusri.com. Welcome back. How are we doing to another segment? Here's some Rhode Island boys basketball scores. North Kingstown beating South Kingstown badly, 76-36. Hendrickin over Central, 76-61. East Providence beating down Coventry, 74-55. Hope High School beating LaSalle by one. Division 1B won Socket and Classical matched up. Woonsocket holding out for the win, 62 to 59. Shout out Woonsocket's football team winning the Super Bowl. Incredible story up there in Woonsocket. Cumberland over St. Raphael, 66 to 49. Division two basketball. East Greenwich over Moses Brown, 54 to 38. Burrowville losing to Barrington, 58 to 60. Charahoe. Beating North Providence 59 to 52. Cranston West over Tolman 57 to 48. Tivenin beating Middletown 62 to 56. Narragansett over Pilgrim 70 to 30. Westerly playing well, beating West Warwick 82 to 67. I don't think the girls Bulldogs had such luck. Division 3, Central, Lincoln over Johnston, 56-39. Central Falls beating out Rogers, 58-40. Mount St. Charles over North Smithfield, 66-50. St. Patrick over Times 2, 50-47. And in Division 3, you got Togate over Situate, 75-55. Ponagansett over Davies. And Mount Hope beating Exeter West Greenwich 73 to 51. Exeter West Greenwich gonna step it up. They got a good coach, uh, as you just heard on the podcast, Cliffy Fortin taking over the program. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that. But thanks for listening, and we'll be back. <laughs>